DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino is coming soon to Ontario. Soon you'll be able to legally bet on all your favorite sports, ranging from the NHL to UFC, playoff hoops, and so much more. And that's not all. What if we told you the hottest new casino will be available right from your phone? DraftKings has all the latest features and promotions, ranging from daily odds boosts to best-in-class casino games, and so much more. Soon you'll be able to place a same-game parlay, score daily odds boosts, and play your favorite slots games anytime, anywhere in the province. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino is on the way. While you wait, check out DraftKings now and tell them I sent you by using the promo code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T. That's promo code RINKRAT. DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino coming soon to Ontario. I'm really hyped about this myself. Absolutely favorite thing to do. Saturday when the NHL randomly decides to shove all the games into one day for whatever reason. You start off in the morning. They usually got games 1 p.m. all the way to the West Coast games at night. You can sprinkle a little a responsible wager here and there throughout the day. Makes it so much more entertaining. It's the best thing to do. Check it out. DraftKings Sportsbooks and Casinos, promo code RINKRAT. Gambling problem, call 1-866-531-2600, 19 plus, physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operating agreement with iGaming Ontario. We're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the RINKRAT Report podcast. We are recording this on Wednesday, March 30th. The Leafs beat the Bruins yesterday 6-4. to four. I have one thing to address before we continue into the Leafs talk. Um, there is a song, I can't remember it, on Machine Gun Kelly's album. The very beginning of the song sounds a little bit too familiar to me. Do you, know, do you want to know what, uh, what the beginning of the song says? The exact same thing I say at the beginning of every single episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's see if it comes. Let's see how this turns out here. This is a little bit of a gamble, but. Are you recording? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Mr. Kelly, you he, will be hearing from our lawyer. He's fucking. <laughs> and, he uh, ripped that, eh? Yep. And also, our lawyer. That's you. So mm. please, please. Please take appropriate action. What date did that song come out? Is it from his album like that recently came out? The most recent one. Oh, wow. That's funny. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Hey, if you're a fan. must have heard me ripping on him. If you're a fan, reach out. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Uh, You must have heard me ripping on him. But then I I, I made up. I thought I made up for it. Anyways, um, let's get into it. Leafs, pretty wild week this week. Two and one record. Uh, Three of the last four games, as I I pointed out to us off the air, but three of the, la- the Leafs' last four games have been against rookie goaltenders. Nico Dawes again for New Jersey, uh, Spencer Knight for the Florida Panthers, and then Jeremy Swayman for the Boston Bruins. The Leafs' one loss in those last four games was against Jake Allen, the non-rookie goaltender. I thought that was kind of funny there. But let's get into it. Let's uh, quickly run through these three games from this past week, shall we? Yeah. All right. Montreal to start. 51 to 18 total shots. Guess who won? Not the Leafs, 4 to 2. Uh, side note, uh, I will be saying the score in these. I, I got a complaint that I don't say the score, which is kind of funny because I say everything else but the score <laughs> in these. 
in these recaps. But Montreal game, I thought it was a pretty solid game overall. Um, like, not a lot to complain about in this game. Like, the fourth line obviously didn't play very well at all. But I thought the Leafs were buzzing. In terms of the 51 shots, it wasn't like they were cupcake shots. I was looking for, because I watched this game the next day again, and I was looking for, let's see, okay, were there screenshots? Were there tip shots? Was there muck-ups in front of the net? There was. Jake Allen's reads were spot on in this game. He stopped all of the Leafs, got all these types of attempt, uh, all these types of chances, and they just couldn't finish. Uh, kind of funny that uh, William Nylander, the tale of two, uh, two sides to his game, Blown coverage on Montreal's first goal, I believe, David Savard's goal, but then ties it up on the power play. Hmm. <laughs> Just uh, a very, very up and down week for him this week. So mm-hmm. Leafs lose four to two. I thought overall the game was good. Yeah. Shalgren quite an interesting game. Seventeen shots against for Shalgren, three goals given up, but like made a lot of good saves. Mm-hmm. Fourteen saves and made at least I think four or five good ones that I counted. So not a lot of fluff on him. Thought that was an interesting. Interesting game for him. So, that was the Saturday. The Sunday, we go from the last place team to the first place team. In, is Florida first in the league? First Sec- in the division. Second, I think, but yeah. Either way, enough. first in the division. We put Peter Mrazek back in, like I said they should do. Hey. Joe, yeah, quickly, you ca- you <laughs> called that, by the way, because we were deciding, or we were figuring out last podcast who should play. Should it be Colgren against... Uh, uh, Panthers or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. it was a back-to-back, the Habs into Florida, and you, exactly. you, got, you picked the right one, so kudos. I did, I did. Mrazek played well in this one. The Leafs went down 2-1 to one early. Uh, again, another, I mean, uh, anyways, we, Leafs went down. I don't know what I was trying to get at there. Leafs went down 2-1 early. Power play looked pretty good. They, they capitalized on the power play. Uh, I mean, the first line was just buzzing all night there. Matthews sets a ties a career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he got this 48th in this game with 0.4 seconds left. Yes. Leafs win 4 to 2. 5 to 2. 5 to 2 with the empty, empty netter, net. of course. Yeah. But new lines were de- debut or er, mm-hmm. were also used in this game as well. Uh Sheldon Keefe obviously wanting to get Nylander Tavares split up because together they just don't haven't seemed to work really. But overall in this game Razik didn't really make any mistakes. Three of the lines looked really good. The fourth line got zero shot attempts. I don't know how you do that in an NHL game, but they managed to. Capitalizing on the power play, limiting the Panthers' chances. Very dynamic offense, but the Leafs shut them down pretty damn good. Um, and the defense looked solid. So, to get into the just, most... I just, I just yeah. wanted to get into one thing. This the, this game was also a really interesting game because we changed up the lines. McKay have got the bump to the second line. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Nylander got bumped down to the third. And I, something I found interesting was the forward. So William Nylander was actually uh, ninth on our team in five on five minutes this game. So, something small thing that I just found yeah, very. He, he only he played play like thirteen minutes at five. Was on this five. the Florida game? Yeah, and he yeah, played. because when they were up, they were taking him off the line every other shift for Colin Blackwell, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah I wasn't. Yeah. yeah, that's straight. Just something I noticed after the game. But yeah, anyways. But you're right. It was not. It's not a coincidence though. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were up. They liked their first two lines. They're clearly comfortable playing. He also had playing. a turnover in that game that led to a goal. Yeah, but also like that's not that abnormal compared mm-hmm. to what they've that's done true. in the past, that's true. right? Like he's not very good defensively. Yep, plain and simple. Uh, also to note in those two games, Wayne Simmons expected goals percentage eleven in Montreal, which is kind of funny because the next lowest on the Leafs was fifty four percent. It's really hard to do. And then the next game zero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't. 
I don't know. Anyways, they took him out in the game against the Bruins. They put in big, bad Kyle Clifford, and um, that was a game to forget for Kyle Clifford. It was a chippy game, and he didn't really contribute much at all, if anything. He got knocked down pretty good by uh, Charlie McAvoy, who was throwing the body around. He looked exceptional, my God. Uh, But overall, again, Clifford's addition to Blackwell, then playing center and Spets on the wing. Blackwell Spezza did score. After that, they did absolutely nothing. They were poots. Um, really going to be interesting to see what they do with that line because it's just still not very good. But other than that, three lines, three of the lines look good. And then three of the uh, the defense... Sorry, I don't even know why I say three lines of the defense. But ending the game with four defense because two of them got hurt. Just... And then on top of that, if that wasn't bad enough, Mrazic getting hurt as well. Leafs are up 6-1 in this game. It ended 6-4, but they completely dominated. On the power play, 5-on-5, uh, five five. I thought that the Bruins did a pretty good job at like making it difficult for the Leafs to break out of their own end. I felt like Labushkin kind of struggled in this game with that, but overall, the Leafs just completely dominated the Bruins. Yeah, no, yeah, the, the, it was a great game. A lot, lot of chippiness, a lot of complaining on Twitter about the uh, fishing. A lot of people weren't really happy with it. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot that happened. Like the the, the Lavukshin, the hit on Hall. Some people, like some people in Boston tour, are saying it was a dirty hit, like similar to the one that I think it was Pasternak got a got a boarding for against Riley. And there's just a lot, a lot that went on. But I was just happy with how well the Leafs played in spite of all those things that happened. Right, like they went down 2D. Pretty pretty early in the game, it was about halfway through when they lost uh, Labushkin, right? Like there was yeah. still ten minutes left in the in in the second, and um, I just thought they they showed they a ton of adversity and, and uh, in oh, in yeah. a in an arena that kind of brings back like some really bad memories. They kind of they they kind of at one point this game hit a score that brought back some pretty yeah, bad exactly. memories, yeah. four to one. So like they they kind of did like a good little. I, I don't know. It just felt like a cleanse. Honestly, it felt like a cleanse. So I, I was really happy with how they how they played and. Yeah, sorry. That, that was just like my little piece no. about it. I, Why would you I, apologize? I, I could go on and on about refereeing because, uh, like, whatever. But the one thing I want to say about player safety is that all season it's kind of shown that it's been very inconsistent. So that's all, all should we, we should expect at this point. We shouldn't expect anything yeah. more. So. I thought it was interesting. Ray Ferraro went on Twitter and said, I, I think this is just a fine, whatever. And then had to follow it up and go, I didn't actually consider the Larkin suspension. Yeah. I don't really know what to think anymore. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but he, he did kind of throw that out yeah. there. It's weird because it specifically says in the rules that if you sucker punch a player and they get hurt, like if that's a match penalty and you're kicked out of the game, that's what happened to Larkin. But whatever. I, I think I think the player safety just kind of goes with what the referees do on the ice. So I think they suspended Larkin for one game because Larkin got the match penalty. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if Hall got the match penalty, he probably would have been suspended too, but he didn't. And that's what the refs on the ice. So you know what? what? There's nothing you can do. All we can do is be happy that we won and hope that both our guys are going to be healthy for next game. Yep. Exactly. Uh, this game, the Leafs got a couple Harvard guy goals. That was pretty oh, yeah. cool to see. Now, with Edward Seize in the lineup, three Harvard guys on this team. How do you like them apples? Holy. That could be a line if Kasha comes back and they take Spets and Simmons out. That could be the fourth it's line. It's unfortunate to take Spets out, but yeah. it's. I think Spets almost... is going to sit a couple games down the stretch. I'd, I think yeah. he, he'd, I'd have him in a different role than he's in now in the playoffs for sure, but I think there's a chance you see an all-Harvard line. Oh. I, I think so as well. I, 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 didn't they? They practiced that, didn't they? Is that what they? No, practiced? no, no. Sorry, I think it was Spezza no, and the other two. Yeah, it was. It was. You're right. Um, but in this game, I mean, Shalgren played all right. I mean, one of the goals at the end there, the third one was 
a little bit of a tough one, whatever. But like the Leafs just complete like they ran over the Bruins and it was six oh, one yeah. yeah. at one point in this game. Like just gotta love the like gotta love all of it. William Nylander had a pretty good game in there as well. A couple like he had the assist and then on top of that a couple great chances as well. Like You could just see he was more engaged in this game too, and I hate like kind of bringing that up, but it's just you could tell that he just the yeah. confidence was exactly back yeah. kind of thing. Sorry. I mean, on the assist, drives by he just completely dusted Brandon Carlo, who got turned inside out, and then Riley finished that one off. But yeah, awesome game by the Leafs there. Unfortunate about the three injuries that occurred. It'll be interesting to see how long each of those guys are out. When we're recording this right now, we have no idea. Uh, my closing thoughts from the summary of these games, which has dragged on a little bit now. Um, the Leafs against the Panthers, the drop. Matthews got a clear-cut breakaway and did a drop pass. And then the Leafs got a 2-on-0, Marner and Bunting, and they just missed the pass and sent it into the corner. So they still won and still put up points. So just comes to show how dominant that line is. Yeah, they, saying, yeah. they don't even need good opportunities. They don't they need the two on Throw them away. Yeah, just yeah. doesn't matter. Against the, one of, some of the top teams, some of the hottest teams, ah, just send them in the corner. We the Matthews one was way more surprising. Like, yeah, I, that was wild. Like, I was not even, like, Mitch Marner passing that back across, not surprising at all. Yeah. Very yeah. on brand for him. Matthews. You see one of the, there was a verified, like, Bruins fan that commented on the Matthews drop pass, and he tried to say, oh, no, it's not that bad. Like, he had Marner there whatever, and, like, some guy was just, some Leafs fan was just ripping on him, like... Well, it's also, like, you expect Matthews Someone to always with 47 shoot goals in 59 games to shoot it yeah. on a breakaway, not do a drop And pass. if you look, like, he also does, like, a blind drop pass. So, like, if you look closely at the play, you could see Mitch Marner kind of looked to see if he's going to pass. Matthews head is straight at the net. And then the reason Marner gets checked is because he, like, is about to screen the defenseman so Matthews yeah. can have a clear way in. And that's why the guy's right on his back. It was honestly a funny play, but didn't lead to anything adverse so we can laugh about it now exactly kind of thing um kind of funny brought up memories of the two on oh uh three on three overtime gaff last year against montreal i don't know if you guys remember that one that was pretty brutal as well but um just general notes that i have about this week mark giordano coming in and ascend like timothy Lilgren these past few games with mark giordano looks like a serious calder contender mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to win, but uh, can I take he looks it w- awesome. one step further? It's almost so surprising that as soon as they took him away from the top pair with Morgan Riley, how significantly better oh. Timothy Lilligren has looked. It's just shocking. Quite interesting how in the NHL, when you put two guys that do the exact same things well and the exact same things terribly, that it doesn't work out. <laughs> Who would have thunk that? Hmm. Yeah. I don't, not I mean, every single human on Twitter, but I don't know what are we jumping topics here, but in terms of like right now, if you started playoffs, who would you rather have Lilgren or Hall? I'd rather have Lilgren in the lineup right now. Yes. Because Justin Hall is not doing the things that Timothy Lilgren does well. He's also not even doing the things that Timothy Lilgren doesn't do well <laughs> well at all. Like he's not he's not that physical in front of the net. Like he's again that Florida game, he made some really weird plays in front including just like screening his own goalie he put his no he you should you sent me the clip he put his ass into the the defender into the and, forward into, of the other team into sorry into the forward of the other team into our own goal as if he was screening the the opposition goalie <laughs> but it was our goalie it was one of the weirdest things i've ever seen but 
And I just think Hall's puck management has been really inconsistent all yeah. year, but especially lately. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do it, but like that Giordano. Yeah. Against Montreal, he played well. There was a few. He uh, he had that. He he beat the guy wide. Had that break. He had a great pass to Pierre Engvall in there as well. I'm not sure if he ended up with a point in this game, but he looked pretty solid in Montreal. But the Panthers one obviously then struggled. But that's why it's like the things he's doing well now are like jumping into the rush. But he's not yeah. that. Technically yeah, skilled offensively. You'd rather have a guy like Lilligan who could do that, who's probably like a little yeah, bit better I think, at that. I, th- I think there's a good chance, depending on Sandine's health, if he wants to push it and come back, that all three of those guys are rotating in and out of the lineup. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that there's a good chance they have a much more conventional split of... Uh, sorry, it's an unconventional split of three pairings instead of a top four and a, and a bottom pair in the yeah. playoffs. I think that... Because I, I think there's a chance putting Muzzin with Brody when he comes back could optimally help yeah. him transition back into the lineup. Yeah. And if Giordano's playing this well with Logan, where you they're playing twenty minutes a night, like they're yeah, not don't playing, separate them. Yeah. You could keep playing them twenty minutes a mm-hmm. night. That's great. Yeah, so. you, you could almost roll all three of those defensive line twenty twenty. That's pretty much what they've been doing. Yeah, yeah. So and they, they look good doing it too. And I think you you can't play twenty minutes a night and only play like soft competition. So they're not just playing against the bottom of the barrel type competition either. Um, but yeah, some little things I I've noticed about Giordano is that he's. It, specifically when he's on the puck, his ability to make like a really quick decision and find Lilligan mm. and find that open space, he is done. Except like he, I'm blown away at how good he does. It. I think like he's honestly looks like the best like defenseman on the least at doing that this, this year at least. Like his ability to always find Lilligan, no matter how much pressure is on him. Yeah, it's 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 beautiful. Whether it be like a little chip off the boards or like a clean pass, he's he's been really good at that. I'm just happy overall with his play because. Like like you said a little bit earlier, some people were saying, oh, maybe he, he's old. Maybe he can't really play that well. He d- didn't look that good in Seattle, but he looks pretty good now. So, hmm. Almost yeah. as if it wasn't him in Seattle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Don't know. He had a, he's, like, I love his, uh, the deception that he uses on the slap pass in front from the point. He had one where he fed William Nylander. Nylander had a fantastic chance uh, in front of the net there, but... Giordano, like you said, like his passing is extremely good. Uh, he's very efficient with it as well. I really like defensively how he's able to get sti- uh, like the sticks in the sticks in the passing lane. Um, he's good in front of the net as well. Like just his defensive game has really been impressive. Yeah. But to add, uh, last thing about the defense. Well, not last thing, but another thing about the defense. Uh, I've noticed on power play two, they started using two defensemen. They started using Logren and Giordano. How have you guys? Uh, so it, it was, it was interesting because the comment that Sheldon Keefe made, made it seem like he was doing it for the purpose of like transitioning back yeah. from the power play. But then at that point, you're almost wasting like 30 seconds to like 50 seconds of a power play at that point. If you're worried about the, like the transition back into five on five, like if, if it means that you're less potent on the power play like that, I don't think that's like a, that good of a decision, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like if that means that the the first the the first PP gets like a, literally a minute forty five and then they're only out there for twenty seconds. I I don't I don't know. I don't think I don't really know what to think of it. I I don't know. I, I think I'm, it's all right lukewarm because it's yeah. it's Timothy Lilgren. He's mm-hmm. got a very good one timer and he can also pass the puck pretty well. He's he's not inept off it. Like we're not adding like TJ Brody mm-hmm. to the power play as well. I think Lilgren's addition is good. So it'll be interesting. They don't get much time, so might as well. You know, if you want, if you're, it's going to help prevent too many men penalties. Then I'm all for it. Yes, yeah. G, Jesus Cristo, I don't want any more of those. Yeah. But um, in terms of Leafs D, let's just continue going with yeah, Leafs D. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, let's keep going with this. Um, 
So Hole and Labushkin, I don't know how long they're going to be out. Both of them are head injuries too. Yeah. Or as they call it in, in hockey, upper body. <laughs> Ridiculous, but whatever. Um, so I, I don't – who's going to draw in in the future if – like because the Leafs have a game Thursday, right? When we're recording this, this is Wednesday right now. We still have no idea what's going to happen. I haven't seen any practice lines either. I don't even know. If I, I think they have today. the day off today. Okay, so that's so we're another, not going to get any info, yeah. So more ambiguity right up until game time. Um, I know Dahlstrom is up with the team, so that's one of them already right there. Uh, in terms of another guy, I don't know. I, I think there's a chance they play, though. There is yeah, a maybe. chance that they play, but if they're not available. I feel like Labushkin's more likely than Hull. So I'm yeah. not. I I I didn't. I they're didn't both call, right side why, guys. Why isn't Hall likely though? He's, no, I think Hall's bleeding. Yeah, I think it was just and a shot it, off the dome. Yeah, but then I don't know. I, I, I think, think they both are going to play. Yeah. Okay. But you're right. They called up Dahlstrom, and then they might call up another emergency call up defenseman. Yeah. They might. The issue is the Leafs, uh, the the Marley sorry are are out west, and this game is, where's this next game? It's at it's at home. That's that not an issue. Oh. Yeah, they'll get If on that the was back. a real issue, then if yeah. the guys were out, someone would already be so coming in. The, the, oh, okay. the main issue is, I don't know how emergency loans affect this, but you're only allowed a certain emergency amount. Emergency loans don't affect oh, it. They don't affect it. Okay, that would, that would make sense. Then, then if those guys would have to be on reserve. So would be a, no news is good news? Yeah, yeah. but who would be okay. your primary? Like if they had to call one guy up for a game from the Marlies on D for emergency call-up, like who do you want to see right now? Um. It's unfortunate. I think he's a lefty. It would be Christian Rubens, I would think, is the next guy up. But mm-hmm. I don't. is Dahlstrom a righty or left? I think he's a lefty, too. But they can yeah, fiddle with lefties. it, right? Yeah, they'll. Yeah, that's that's true. So I think the next guy up should be Christian Rubens. Mm-hmm. Maybe they give Duzak a look, but he's so bad. De- like, his decision-making is uh, is wild. He's not the best defensively. Yeah. But What about Mac Hollowell? That's how I was Mac, about to Mac ask. Hall, they really like him as well. I'm 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 wondering maybe they want to bring in some size because the physical Labushkin is out and whole six three as well. Do you want to bring another smaller D man in? But they really do like Hollowell, so that wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Hollowell's a really good skater, really good puck mover. I think he's he's better defensively than what Duzak is, so I don't know why I didn't mention Hollowell. I'm a goof. No, that's but, okay. Um to Wait. keep on the Marley's note, did you see what happened yesterday with their goaltending? Yeah, that was wild. That was Two wild. emergency call-ups while they're out west. They got Trinity Western's goalie. Is that is that what it was? I have no. Look, I, I don't know the prospect. names. I don't know okay. who they are. Like, I'll do this on the fly. They got uh, Taylor Joseph from U Sports. Essentially, he has a believe it's a five. Yeah, Taylor Joseph from Trinity Western University as an emergency call-up. He played in this game as well. And then they got someone else, I can't remember who, but his on his elite prospects, he hasn't played since 2018. He was in the WHL. So Taylor Joseph. Kevin Grant, is that his name? Yes, that's him. Taylor Joseph was a 586. So my goals against was lower. And an 876 save percentage at Trinity Western University. He played for the Marlies yesterday. And he won. And had a 919 save percentage. That's sick. Did you see who also who scored two goals in that game? No. Nick Robertson. Wow. Not bad. Alex Steves had a couple as well. It was a good win for the. That's a character win for the Marlies right there, though. So Nick Robertson's just been on fire, eh, since he's come back? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, Josh Hosang's picking it up right lately, too. So that's interesting. It's, it's good. I mean, obviously, they're not going to sign him. It's too late now. Yeah. But um, we'll get into that in a second here. 
Uh, in terms of the defense, so no news is uh, to sum it up. Essentially, Geo Lilgren looks awesome. No news is good news with Labushkin Hole. Yeah, defense looks a lot better. Yes, 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 yes. How confident on a scale of one to ten are you on this in this defense going into the playoffs? If if, if Jake Muzzin comes back before the playoffs, which is weird that he hasn't yet, and it uh, I don't want to say it seems like impossible cap wise for them to do it without some LTIR work going back. Other than that, I'm very confident. Like, I'd say eight right now, if Muzzy comes back, could be a nine. Yeah. I think the defense is, like, becoming a very strong point as we, as we go along. Well, just because of the depth and the ability to, like, kind of, like we said earlier, roll those guys and not have to worry who they play against. There's very few teams in the league that can roll three of their pairings and feel confident against, mo- like, against most competition. Well, they also added two top four defensemen. Absolutely. Like, it should be a, it should be a confidence. Yeah. Confidence yeah. group, right? And that's if if Jake Muzzin is back and even back to like what seventy five percent of what he was yeah. last year. Like that's still I'm And still I'm not confident. saying confidence like nine out of ten means they have the best decor in the league. Yeah. I'm saying like compared to the rest of the season, like my confidence is oh my much God. higher. Yeah. Through the roof. Yeah. Um yeah, they it, it, it looks so much better and so much easier for the goaltenders as well. That there how many tip goals is there? Well, we tipped one into our own net yesterday, which was unfortunate. But and then there was one off the brusque. I don't know. I'm that not was, counting that, the no, that was, that was, that that was, was kind was of a sneaky good tip by him. Uh, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, was crazy. It, was a, it was an interesting one there. But in terms of just overall, before the 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 garbage happened in that Boston game, like just the goals that are being given up, it's it's like there's not many of them recently well, to start. The Florida game was was a solid, solid performance. Absolutely. Florida Montreal, solid. whether you like New it or not, New Jersey was solid. New Jersey was Montreal fantastic. was was pretty good. And the Leafs have signed Miko Kakinen to a three-year entry-level deal. That's not bad. I kind of like him. He's good, def- uh, good defensive defenseman. Uh, he's playing over in Finland right now. Sorry, that just came in right now. Expected, I think. I like that's. Yeah, he's solid. Not bad. Good play there for them. A good signing of a prospect. He'll be with the Marlies probably next year. I'm going to guess, um, or maybe even this year, just to, to end off the year. Anyways, sorry to get off pace there. And f- completely forget where I was at. Talking about the D. <laughs> um, and then what, who who did the Leafs play before New Jersey? Was that Nashville? Yeah. So I think La- Nashville was kind of the, the last yucky game because they didn't have Giordano then. Exactly. So then when you look at it, New Jersey, Florida, or New Jersey, Montreal, Florida, Boston have all been solid defensive performances, right? Yeah. And Absolutely. and the one thing we kind of I've I've been kind of talking about all year since and since like kind of focus on since the beginning of january is since Jordano's come in like our our shot maps are starting to look like they were at the beginning of the year where we're starting to give up a lot less in front of the net and a lot less in that dangerous home plate area slot in front of the net those those types of chances we're giving up a lot less of that and uh yeah that's just good to good to see Jordano definitely coming in is helping out with that labush can come in and helping out with that like you said two top four defensemen that we brought in and uh, I th- I think Joe, we were we were right. There was a little bit of goaltending, and there was a little bit of defenseman being subpar. And now that we're tr- now that the defensemen have been elevated a bit, the goalies are starting to be elevated a bit too. So uh, exactly, unfortunately, one of them went down. We That's unfortunate. We don't really have any more goalies. Just like <laughs> physical, we don't have any physical more goaltenders. Yeah, I think Michael. maybe Jack Campbell might be <laughs> miraculously ready for the yeah. next game. I, if I he had practiced, to I don't think he's going to be activated yet. So it's Michael Clutchinson and uh, Eric Schalgren for the Leafs. That's why they had to get those emergency goaltenders kind of thing. Yeah, because they pulled Clutchinson from the game. Hutchinson, but I call him Clutchinson. <laughs> 
instill a little bit of confidence in them. They had to pull Hutchinson from the game because they're like, we can't afford to lose any more of the, yeah. you guys. We don't we don't have any anyone laying around, so to speak, anymore. Because the so. goalies for the Scott is Ian Scott hurt. Ian Scott's like he's in the ECHL. Sorry, I hurt. don't even know. He's always Joseph hurt. Wall got hurt. Joseph Wall is hurt. Carter Hutton is technically not even like on the. Team. Carter Hutton, I think, is still hurt too. Yeah, and then <laughs> but he's in Tucson. So then the, the the Marley's goalies are Michael Hutchison and Keith Fitzgerald, who isn't even signed to he's an uh, NHL on an NHL contract. So Correct. we literally would not even be able to bring him up. Correct. So yeah, we're in a pretty pretty odd situation. So. I got to I think Jack Hamill's going to start. If not, Winnipeg will start against Philly on. Saturday. I think I think that makes sense. Yeah. Philly makes sense. I He's, don't think I think Winnipeg is going to be Shalgren Hutchinson for sure. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm almost. I'd put money on that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm so confident. Anyways, uh, since Giordano has like joined the Toronto Maple Leafs, expected goal 76.69. That's good. Not bad. That's Timothy really Logren, a little bit of bad luck. His last four games, which have been with Giordano, his expected goals for 3.66. Expected goals against 1.01. Actual goals for zero. Actual goals against two. That's all right. <laughs> That's just he's played well. He's people, played very people well. See that. Mm-hmm. High danger Corsi four is eighteen. High danger Corsi against is two. Which I mean, you could I just think. you could just see like that Riley experiment was just so stupid. No offense, like that was just so stupid. <laughs> like just was. throwing him to the wolves, and then but you know what? He's come out of it strong. He ended up having to be scratched because of it, but yeah, he's come back strong, which is I, good. I really, I really, I think I'm sticking with a theory that they did it just to showcase him. Yeah, Maybe. probably. That's what well, I'm saying. Why else did Rick, Nick yeah. Robertson come up and go down? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We have no idea. But, anywho, let's get into the four. Uh, I guess the goalies we just touched yeah, on. Yeah, we kind of touched on them. You want to yeah. expand on it a bit? Like, I don't know if there's really much more to. Yeah, exp- I mean, so I talked about Mrazic with New Jersey, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the Montreal game, I talked about a little bit about Shalgren. I thought he was decent. Like, the Cole Caulfield goalie is just a shot. Caulfield does have a good shot, um, and he's been scoring a ton lately. So beat him short side on the power play, pretty wide open shot. It's like you'd like him to make that save kind of thing. The other two, it was uh, there was one. It was the first goal. I I was reviewing it. So he's tracking the player down the side. He's following him. He's shuffling across right, and then he goes into the reverse VH, which is he goes against the post essentially. He goes down. But as he's going down, the pass comes across, so it kind of delays him by a very small split second. And the timing's just pretty unfortunate. I mean, maybe that's a he should have made the better read and saw the pass coming beforehand or expected more so of the pass as opposed to thinking that the player was going to go around the net. So he shouldn't have been in his reverse VH, but that kind of delayed him just ever so slightly. And then coming across, obviously, then Savard finishes it. So I think he could have made a very good save if he had not gone into his reverse VH. That's just my opinion, though. Um, then the I'm missing a goal in there because there was the uh, Caulfield. What was the other goal? Savard. And Caulfield, Savard, and I can't remember. Uh, Anyways, he made some good. Like, the first shot of the game, the Leafs were up 11-0 in shots, and the first shot of the game is a point-blank shot from the slot. Like, makes a good save there. Second save was pretty good as well. He made a fantastic save. It was Jake Evans fed, I believe, Paul Byron. Oh, it was Paul Byron. That yes. was the game-winning goal. Yes. Off yes. the Matthews trip. Hmm. Great yes. refereeing this week. <laughs> yes. 
forgot about that one for a second. Jake Evans made a fantastic sauce pass to, I think it was Paul Byron on the penalty kill. He came across and made a huge save there. Like just, he made some very big saves, but he didn't have to make many. Um, so a decent week for him, I would say. Mrazic, and then against Florida, did what he had to do. I thought I thought the Leafs were solid in front of him, but he did he did his job. And then to start against Boston, I think he made one good save, and then unfortunately is injured now again. Tough, tough year for him. Like yeah. starts off injured. He's been injured three times this yeah. year. On starts and off, off in, yeah, plays his first game, gets injured, comes back, gets, gets injured, injured again, comes back, doesn't play his best hockey. And then gets put on waivers, comes back from waiver, doesn't get claimed on waivers, plays a couple good games in a row, and then gets injured again. Do you think there's a chance he goes on LTIR? I was I was about to say that. There's only then that makes it really easy. Well, it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna be a, it's another groin injury. I think. Yeah, and, so. and he's so, like it's not gonna be like oh, one week he's back. Like it'll be. I think at it's least been the same weeks. injury three times. Yeah. So I think he goes on LTIR, and then it's really easy for them to bring back whoever yeah. they want into the lineup. Yeah, right? and that's. I think that's what the play is. Yeah, there's only five weeks left in the season too. Like there's literally like there, there's less than thirty thirty one days left. And in spite of how. He has played lately, Mrazic, which, I mean, he's been okay. He's been pretty, like, not good, not bad, in my opinion. I don't think their plan is for him to be starting in the playoffs based off his no. total body of work this year. So having him sit out and be a backup when he comes back in the playoffs with Campbell playing most of the time, I think that's probably the plan down the stretch. Yeah, so hopefully Campbell can get back up to speed as soon as possible, mm-hmm. and we'll be sitting pretty. So. Like, let's say Mrazic is kind of uh, like he's shut down for the year. How do we feel about our backup situation? Or do we just, uh, is it this? Like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good okay with Shalgren, right? right. I don't not see, bad. yeah. It's not ideal, but. Yeah. Obviously, there are deficiencies to his game that mm-hmm. we pointed out, but he's also, he's a pretty good goaltender. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's fine. They've yeah. thrown him into not, not advantageous circumstances, he's and he's been fine. He has a 9 yeah. 11 save percentage in six games, a small sample yeah. size. He's got to give us not terrible goaltending, just, and it's fine. Because you're going to want to get And Campbell. when you also look at the games that he's played, I mean, like, he's played against almost all playoff teams. Pretty much. Yeah. Carolina. Except for, Montreal, like. except for Montreal. Yeah. Boston, Nashville, Carolina, Dallas. Like, yeah. I, 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 think, I think, like, a split down the stretch. How many games are left? 17 games? 16 games? 16. I think if you play Campbell 11 to 12, 13 games and give him 3, 4, 5, yeah. that'll be good, and Campbell will be ready to go for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the ideal split there. 15 I games, agree, yeah. So. Yeah. So hopefully Campbell can get back to form quickly. Shalgren, I'm all right with the backup position. And, yeah, let's freaking go. Uh, before we get into the forwards, uh, let's talk about Manscaped. We, you've heard about them from us before, uh, and you're going to hear about them again because we love Manscaped. We love the products that they sent us. The Lawnmower 4.0, the Ball Deodorant, the Nose Trimmer. You you need this stuff. You might not realize it, but you do need this stuff. I mean, photos don't lie. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, the the Lawnmower 4.0 is just the most efficient thing to, to clean up below the waist there. So believe like, take it from us. Manscaped should be in your bathroom cabinet, I guess that would be called. I yeah, don't know what you call it. Just, through, just in your uh, shower routine, I think it's a great... Great thing to, to yeah. be a part of that. Just it's again like who doesn't like to be clean? Who lo- doesn't like to smell good? Who doesn't like to not sweat? Like I don't fresh. know. I'm I'm all I'm all about being fresh. So, uh, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, so get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T at manscaped.com. That is RINKRAT at manscaped.com. Free shipping worldwide and 20% off. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, let's get into the forwards. Some shuffling, oh yeah, to say the least. Interesting week, I think, with with regards to the forwards and the specifically second line and third line. Because oh, yeah. last week we talked about it. We said, and we kind of been hammering it for a bit now. It's we don't know if John Tavares and William Nylander together are working is better than them apart. Like they, I think they they don't elevate each other. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. You give John Tavares less talented, like less skilled line mates, and mm-hmm. he seems to be performing better. Oh, he has yeah. the puck more. Yeah. yeah. That. He, got, he gets more puck touches in that scenario. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good and maybe point that's there. all it is is a confidence thing for him, right? He because feel, yeah. Jason was saying those last two games he generated more off the rush than like in any yeah. games we've watched all year, really. Yeah. I, 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 we're, so on TV, the Florida game, I was at the game. It was an amazing game. But for me, he looked like an absolute stud. Like that. Before one of his goals, it was also funny. One of our complaints about John Tavares airmailing it over the yeah, net. What did he do that. before one of his goals? He, like, but not even close. It. Like He almost shot into the mesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he scored yeah but transition though he looks he looked like a really good i would like also like nothing like, i've seen this year out of him honestly yeah. with all due respect to william nylander like Ilya mckayev hunts pucks man oh yeah like he's he's yeah. the, he's, he's only really there good. to hunt the puck and get it to the other two guys like, yeah yeah he's showing some jam too you see yeah. after after that uh david camp tip goal Someone knocked down Alex Kerfoot. Who stood up for Alex Kerfoot? McKay. He should. He's like freaking McKay. He, he's, he's got some size. He even yeah. stood up for a couple of guys in, in the Boston game too. He was yeah. the first one in. Well, for, he he absolutely dummy Dylan Cousins. In oh the, yeah. Or yeah. Tage Thompson in, yeah. the, in the outdoor game, who's yeah. like way bigger than him. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. He was going nuts in that game as well. I like that line to be honest. I mm-hmm. think. You could also like probably cycle out Kerfoot for like a kosh if you want. If you want to have Kerfoot playing center, but. Yeah. I like that line a lot. I think they were much better in transition as a group. Like, I think William Nylander individually is probably one of the best transition players in the league. But for whatever reason, they just seem to be able to get the puck out better. Mm -hmm. From that point, I mean, I'm sure you'd prefer to have Nylander breaking the puck in. But they didn't seem to struggle in their own zone a lot. Maybe one period in Boston, first Boston period. the first Boston period. But in the Florida game, they were really good. And the rest of the Boston game, I thought they were really good at specifically transitioning the puck out of their defensive zone. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I, I I hope they stick with this for a little longer because I think there was a couple. I, it might have been a shift because it was a penalty kill, but I remember Nylander drawing in on the, that second line a couple times against Boston. Yep. I don't know if... Uh, and yeah. I mean, I I said it early, in earlier episodes, I don't want to split up Nylander-Tavares because that means one of them is going to be playing less minutes. However, the results in doing so have been good. Well, the results, and, results have been both of them playing less minutes, but both of them maybe... Yeah, and on top of that, like, what do you? You're not splitting up that first line. You can't. You cannot. You cannot. I saw a suggestion of that Lots on Twitter. Of do not do that. That is the dumbest thing ever. Why? We're gonna, as you said, uh, what was your line about it? I don't know. I said a lot of things. Do some it. hula hoops to to accommodate William Nylander when well, the first like, line is playing the best hockey in the league. I just, I, I also just know how Sheldon Keith thinks. His thought process is not going to be because yeah. I've been ripping William Nylander publicly, and I think he's played poorly. Let's play him with the top line like that's not how he's going to think about it yeah not at all not at all and just just a reminder of how good this line is there's three of the top six players in five five on five are matthews bunting marner five on five points 
They are th- three the of whole our season. Yes, the whole season. Wow, the, that's wild. So Maybe. Matthews is third. Bunting is fifth. I I pit, I hit that up weird. Sorry. Bunting is fifth. Marner's sixth. In five on five points. In the, the league, in the crazy. NHL, in, in the a whole season, things crazy about that. Marner's fifty-seven games compared it's, to everyone else. Like ten less games, and then also they also like Bunting didn't play with them for the first yes. like ten games of the season, and yeah. also Matthews missed four games as well. Yeah, so like that is no doubt about it. The best even strength P- line, in pure the domination that line has been. So, um, Dave, yeah, but yeah, I, I forgot where wow. we were even going with that, but. <laughs> No, Anyways, yeah, don't split. Don't whatever you do, I, I do not do, split that. I do that have line a complaint though. I don't think the way they're using Nylander with Kampf and Engvall is good. I think it's actually no. pretty terrible. I don't think that lines look good at all. No, they have also, if you look, they've started a lot of shifts in the offensive zone. Like they're getting really easy zone starts too. Yeah. yeah. So what's the point of that? That's not what David Kampf does well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't I think, know. I, I don't get that at all. That, I, I, it, again, I think they should consider the Kampf line the defense only fourth line. I'm using air quotes. You can't see it on the podcast, but I'm doing it right now around the microphone. So make that Camp, Engvall, and whoever you want. It could even be Colin Blackwell. I think that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. And then from there, you have Nylander, Spezza, and another player. It could be Kerfoot down the middle, and you put Cash at left wing on the second line. It could be Nylander down the middle, and you put Robertson and Spezza on his wings. Like, get creative with it. Yeah. Put him on an actual offensive line. Like, pure yeah. offensive. Start him always in the offensive zone. I yeah. don't see why they don't do that. And I, ins- I don't. Instead of thinking of it as a third and fourth line, think of it as two third lines, one offensive, one de- like one offensive centric, one. Or defensive just think centric. of it as two second lines. Yeah, three exactly. second lines. That that is a very good point. Making that an offense only because mm-hmm. it, it's so weird. Yeah, you're you're right. You're spot on with that. Like, thank you. It's a defensive line. You've added Nylander, and Now you're not using it to play defense. Yeah, that's like what's the point? And if and the trickle down of that is the Matthews line is at to start a lot more in the defensive zone which is fine, but like we talked about last playoffs, we got to be better at shuffling around Matthews where he doesn't have to play against Philip Denor. He doesn't in the playoffs have to play against Bergeron or have to play against Alex Barkov. Like It's beneficial to have that defensive line to take those tough, tough minutes, to take those first-line matchups and let Matthews' line roll more free with the zone starts. One thing that was interesting about the Boston game, I found that they – like Bruce Cassidy uh, towards this, like in the first half of the game, they were trying to get Bergeron line away from that, the Matthews line. They weren't matching yeah. Bergeron. And then as the game went on there, he started matching Matthews against to. them more. It's cause just, just cause of how dominant it was like that. Like, yeah. Who, who started the game for Boston? Because I don't think it was, it was their third line. It was Coyle, yeah. uh, Frederick and Paula, maybe uh, Coyle, Frederick. And, anyways, Coyle, Trent Frederick, someone else. And then he got destroyed by the, our first line that was a big mistake so boston's um, forward depth is like kind of bad yeah didn't look good yesterday well all all that has to do with like they signed felino and he's been just not good at all Mm -hmm. i think felino was the third one oh it's craig smith no it's craig smith sorry oh yeah he's been good though yeah Yeah, he's good he's not that's is that there are you sure that's the line yeah and then the second oh yeah it was hall halla and Pasternak, Pasternak, and then DeBrusque, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, first line, best line. Um, They're doing the like spread the wealth, yeah, lines right now. Yeah, I bet they end up changing that back. Probably. I mean, the Bruins. It was funny on the the Marner goal. I believe it was. They turned it over in the in the in the neutral zone twice. Like Matthews got a break. He missed on the backhand. They brought it back into the neutral zone. They turned it over again, and then. 
back the other way scores. I've said it a lot of times. Like, you can't break the puck out against our first line. It's no. impossible. Like, if you it's do, impossible. you really have to be on your game. Like, snap, 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 skate it out. If you right. do a little bit of delaying through the neutral zone or through the top of your own defensive zone, they are back pressuring hard and stripping pucks like it's no tomorrow. Yeah, Strip the puck and then cycle, and then you're not going to touch it the rest of the shift. Correct. Kind of thing, right? But... They also do a better job with this line this year compared to last year is that Hyman liked the cycle a lot. And I'm not ripping on Hyman. He's a fantastic player for us last year, but he didn't do a lot of taking the puck to the middle of the ice off the cycle. So that's why Nick Guida had, had a great point is in the playoffs against Montreal. Sometimes it felt like we were playing like time wasting. We were just playing like, like there's no actual generation. We had the puck. We're just wasting time. If you look at this line now, watch how much they're able to get off the wall and get the puck to the middle of the ice and create chances in front of the net. It's a big difference. Bunting's doing that all the time. Off the wall. Give me an example of a goal, just so I can. I, I, I have a I, lot of shots. You can see a lot of Matthews getting a lot of shots, like oh, okay. off of the face-off circle. Oh, and there's yeah, yeah. like I'd have to go look again, but it's just something I generally notice a lot more. Yeah, that is a good point. Wow, I didn't realize that with Hyman, but I've, I've noticed it very, very like extensively with with the first line. Yeah. In terms of this year with that, but. That's an excellent point. Um, not not ripping on Hyman, though, because mm-hmm. he, he's still playing still well. Edmonton's yeah. still a good player. Of course, of course. Um, in terms of the Leafs' fourth line, and this has been a huge issue. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but what do you think is the ideal fourth line for the Leafs? Uh, Ol- Kampf, Engvall, and Blackwell. Yes. But I think, again, if you're going to keep running a fourth line out there like six minutes, nine minutes, seven minutes, which they did against Florida, Montreal, New Jersey, literally what's the point? Like, if you don't trust them to play, you might as well just gas it and play, I don't know, 11 forwards and double shift guys. Because yeah. if they're completely ineffective and you don't even have confidence in playing them, what's the point of having the line at all? Exactly. I no, mean, that's a good point. Especially, like, you, you brought in Blackwell, who's, like, pretty responsible defensively. He can play center. I don't have much confidence in him in terms of the faceoff dot, but he can play center positionally, and mm-hmm. he's, good in front of the, he's good in front of the offensive net. But... Yeah, like, I don't know, putting them with then Spezza and Simmons, two non-defensive guys. Or Clifford. Like, I don't understand Simmons going yeah. out for Clifford. It's like... I don't, I, so I don't know. I We talked about the Simmons and Clifford thing. Like, at this point, like, we, we've kind of been harping on this quite a bit, but, like, they're just both ineffective. Like, that's the bottom line. Simmons has one fight in his last 30 games. It was against Brandon Smith on Carolina in February. Think about how many other times where we've seen like a dirty hit where we're like, guys, like let's get some, let's get, let's get a fight going here because we don't like what the other team did to us. How many times did that happen last night alone? Clifford was in. What, what did we bring him in for? I thought we brought him in for an extra bite. He wasn't able to hit anyone. He wasn't finishing a check. Like he got bodied all the time, and he didn't fight at all. Like why, why is he playing if he's not gonna fight? You brought up a great point. Why not instead of uh, Clifford and Simmons bring in another big guy who you have on your roster who's. Not ready yet because he's playing in in college. But when he's ready, he's six three. He's massive. He's a physical specimen. And why not bring him in to be a, an extra little bite? He'll skate harder Who's than he? both those guys. Matthew Nice. Oh. He'll skate harder than both those guys. He'll have a little bit more bite than both those guys. It seems like he and and for sure will have probably not for sure, but one would one would guess that he's probably going to have a little bit more offense offensive output than those two guys. Well, if the, if, like, like you said, if the idea is to have a physical presence on your fourth line, I anticipate them just making that be Matthew Nice. Yeah. Because Simmons, I, I think Simmons is better than Clifford, but he still hasn't done anything. Clifford is simply not even close to an NHL player anymore. No offense. 
He's had a really nice career. I don't I don't mean to be harsh on the guy. Stanley he, Cups. He's he's not even producing in the AHL. No. And so. he's playing he's playing with some good players too. So uh, it just you know I think he'll do a good role, uh, good in like the new Rich Clune role in in the AHL like we talked about, yeah. like really good mentor. But we're going we're pushing for the playoffs here. I don't think Kyle Clifford should be touching the line. He, he also just doesn't fit with how how we play at all. I don't think like he. But just, he's just to be fair, he's an older player yeah. who was never a high skilled player, mm-hmm, so yeah. it's 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 normal to expect his skills to start to you know deteriorate. Take a step yeah, back. Physicality. Yeah. Uh, to go back to what you're saying about Matthew Nyes. You remember when we said Elliot Freeman thought that Abruzzese and Nyes were going to end up in the Leafs lineup? Yeah, he's right. And now I guess he's it still right. doesn't make sense because they gassed Nick Robertson for it. Yeah, that's but in my opinion, it does make well, yeah, it does make sense for Matthew Nyes because of the role he would play on the fourth line. Like I love the physicality of Matthew Nyes. I love just like the way he plays along the boards as well, winning puck battles there. I think he's very very good at that. Um, Abruzzese will be an interesting addition. I'm very, very curious to see how this works. He is a smart player. He's small, but he is skilled as well. Um, I really like in terms of smarts, just his his ability to know the where the play is going before it actually happens is quite interesting. I wonder if they either brought him in to play fourth line so that they, they can then put in. Um, why are my notes all jumbled for this? Damn it. Oh, there we are. Nope, that's not it at all. Anyways, <laughs> awesome. This is some great radio right here. So the fourth line would be Abruzzese, Colin Blackwell, and then Spezza, right? That's what they were practicing. Is that yes, correct? Yes, yes, yes. So I wonder if they're bringing in Abruzzese to bring in a smarter player, like guy who's smarter with the puck, smarter with his positioning, to go with Colin Blackwell, who's also pretty smart positioning-wise as well, pretty good defensively. And, like, Spezza's not a dumb player either. Mm-hmm. But wait, so, sorry, to bring it all together, Yeah. Oh, what would the fourth line then be for you? Would it be Abruzzese and Nice? Cause then Abruzzese, well, before Nice comes in, because he still has to play Frozen Four Championship. Here's my notes. I but that'll him. be, like, honestly, it's not that far away. It'll be yeah. three or four games from now. Yeah. It'll be he's done. But, but in terms of playing this Abruzzese, Blackwell, Spezza, three guys that can all play center, three fairly smart hockey players, two fast guys and one guy that can blast the puck, Unfortunately, it wouldn't. It won't be a physical line, really, uh, at all. So, but I agree that I think that's probably the line for the next game. Like it, it should, should be, be at this point. They like, practiced it, but in Boston. But taking it a step further, what about the playoffs? How is you? How are you going to work all these contracts and players in for the playoffs? I don't know. I wonder if they just assume Cash is going to draw in. So I wonder if they brought in Abruzzese. Oh, you can have three centers on this line. Blah blah blah. Or if they had to bring in Abruzzese because his agent said. I don't know if we want to sign. We're going to go back to Harvard for a year and then go to free agency. And the Leafs had to guarantee some NHL games. Well, that's, that year. is 100% what happened. Because mm. it doesn't make sense otherwise. And Elliot and Friedman fu- tweeted, like, we're expecting him to sign with the Leafs, but it's not 100% sure. Well, there was Nick, Nick Richard said, I have, like, insider information that um, it was on Friday. I think he's like, Abertese is going to sign with the Leafs this weekend. Tony Ferrari then reports the next morning saying that from he got this information from Abruzzese's agent. Oh, we're still weighing all of our options. We don't know what we're going to do. And then later that afternoon, he signs. So I think it was just a push from the agent like, mm, give us, give us we some can, games. We're one year away from free agency. I don't know. Well, right? I mean, how do you react to this if you're Nick Robertson, though? You're fr- I'm, frust- I'm extremely frustrated, extremely especially since frustrated. I'm producing yeah. at a – 
really, really decent, like pretty good rate in the AHL right now since getting demoted. So, yeah, he's ripping it. There. It's it's unfortunate for him because I I I thought these Simmons and Clifford signings. I was hoping that they wouldn't have have any effect on him. I was hoping that they did it so they could comfortably send these guys to waivers without having to worry about other teams being claimed. But since then, they haven't they haven't even set these guys down. What's the what's the point? These guys are have been useless on 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 our fourth line for literally half of a season. It's almost like we've been playing with eleven forwards for half of a season. There are some tough decisions to be made. Like if Nick Abrzitzi comes in and looks fantastic, yeah, who and then. Kasha still has to come. Kasha out. comes back, and then maybe you even want to see Robertson before the playoffs. Have him called up so you could get a couple games. Like it's going to be a pretty full press box. We'll see what happens. And it's not like you have a forward group that's like one through twelve firing on all cylinders. There's a lot of guys who are up and down right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, it may, and and especially have been up and down in the lineup. So it makes you think what's going to happen. Yeah, like namely Kerfoot. What's going to happen with Mikheyev? What's going to happen with that? Like the bottom six. I think. It's fair to say, well, even now because they put William Nylander down. So I think it's fair to say that, like, bunting Matthews Marner to stay, John Tavares second line center, and then after that, it's, it's just strong. been like, or sorry, Kurt, uh, Camp third line center. And then after that, it's just like, it's it, it's like randomness. Yeah, and, and we're also like, I know, like, we're forgetting Kosh is in the mix too. Like, he's hurt, yeah. but he's going to be back in the mix. Uh, at the very least, you expect him back for the playoffs. And, like, that doesn't – I mean, this – again, this I'm not complaining. This isn't me, like, being mad about it. This is, like, one of the greatest problems to have. Too many good forwards to play. Like, I don't know if it's a great problem to have because well, also how is, much chemistry are you developing? Also, is it is it too many great forwards to play? Or too many average forwards? Or yeah, is it, too. like, too many guys we've maybe promised that are going to play and not enough spots for those guys to play? Yeah. That too. I don't know. Ooh. Yeah. I guess like you got to write it out. Like how many guys are on one ways promised to play kind of thing. And then are now, I, I think there's at least 14 of those. Yeah. Honestly. Probably. Total. Honestly. Only, but you're only going to play 12 in the playoffs. I'm, I'm sorry. If, if Clifford and Simmons are good locker room guys, then they should sit down and say, you know what? You guys aren't helping this team out. So if you're going to be the good locker room guy, the, the, the right thing to do is for you guys to sit these games. Well, what if they had to say that to Spezza too? Well, I, I don't think Spezza is there yet from what I'm seeing him play. I think he's still... But where's the spots for Abrazizzi and Robertson and Nyes that we always talk know. about? And Kasha. There's four guys right there I'm just, that aren't currently playing. I, I don't know. I don't have the answers. I just... I don't know. I, mean, I I I think Spezza would be okay down the stretch sitting games like you said. Like he's I think that just helps him out like get getting his body ready for the playoffs. Like taking a couple extra nights off, that's fine. I'm okay with that and I'm sure he'll be okay with that too, but I'm I'm at the point with those with Simmons and Clifford that they shouldn't play again honestly. They're just not good enough. They haven't shown yeah, enough. And you know, I think you can still keep Simmons on the roster and if you need some a one game guy to go in, he's probably pretty decent guy yeah. that can maybe give some sort of physical impact in yeah. the game but yeah i think his time is running out to make an impact to be a playoff player for us yeah 30 games without a goal one fight in like that how stretch does justin hall have more points than him gets dominated uh, uh gets outshot he when he's on the ice out expected goal like expect losing expected goals battle like he's doing all the things that we don't want to see well, and the it's, thing was he was very good in front of the net earlier the, yeah. in the year and he just hasn't gotten to the net really like yeah. he hasn't gotten the puck in front of the net at yeah. all so when you take that away where's his offense come from it's not off the rush 
I also don't even know if it's guaranteed that Colin Blackwell will be a playoff player. For that's us. that's true as well. I think they're. I, I don't know. I mean, second power play, penalty kill. Right now, like he's only playing ten minutes a night. I he know. played a lot last game before seven minutes, nine minutes, eight minutes. So I, I also the last game they were they were trotting out the fourth line in the third period a lot more than usual, which I kind of didn't really touch on, but I wanted to touch on. I didn't really like that. I wish we kind of st- like continued to step on the gas and well, yeah, they yeah. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> That's I can see why you didn't like it. They stunk. no, no, not even the they fact. Stunk. I I get why they did it. They were up six two. Maybe game was getting chippy. You don't want your guys to get hurt, but like, still, I don't give a cr- crap. Sorry, um, but like, it's, it's Boston. Let's beat them. Let's let's destroy them. Right in their own barn too. Exactly. Anyways, sorry, but yeah, I I see what you mean. Also, the other thing is again when the guys come back, right? Like Black when Kasha comes back, he's better on the power play and the penalty kill mm-hmm. than Blackwell. Than Blackwell, yeah. That's true. It's a big jumble, and we don't have answers. But I want to hear what's everyone's ideal right now with the guys we know, prospects included. Let's make a first line, second line, third line, fourth line. First line's done. Let's do do a crowdsourced one. Let's do it together. So first line's done. We don't bunting Matthews Marner. Yeah. Second line. Tavares at center. Obviously. Tavares at center. Um, I don't think Nylander's there. Okay, so then probably McKayev playing. McKayev, Kerfoot. Okay, so let's say Tavares, McKayev, Kerfoot. So third line, you're going to have Nylander on the third line. No, oh, yeah, you are. But where, who I plays guess, with them? I know. That's where... Before we do that line, let's do the... Do you have them with Camp? No, I don't think you're... Am I doing ideally No, you what you want. Give me what your best you line. If you were a coach, line. if you were Sheldon Keefe right now. This is how we're going to win the cup. This is what we're throwing out okay, there. Okay, so I do that second line because apparently Tavares doesn't like skilled players. Um, <laughs> third line, I'd have to go, I don't know, who else plays center there? I'd have to probably go like Spezza, Nylander, Matthew Nyes. Okay, and who's playing center? Uh, Spezza. Mm, okay, all right. Yeah, I know. But uh, fourth line would then have to be Kampf, Engvall, Kasha. So Blackwell's not in your lineup. Blackwell, according to what I've got here, is not in the lineup. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of guys on the So wait, who, is, who is the third line winger? Nylander and who was Spezza? Um, I would say Robertson. Robertson or, so, no, nice. I said nice. I said nice. nice. Okay. Interchangeable Robertson nice yeah. Some shit. Yeah, I I like that. I I would I would even try. You know what? If you want to get freaky with it, put Nice on the second line with Tavares and Mikheyev. Uh, put Kerfoot down the middle between Nylander and Spezza. Take a little bit no, of a low. No, because Nice and Tavares, I think it's kind of similar what they do. In terms of, I guess, battles. but I'm just, I think Kerfoot's skill is that he did play well relatively playing with center Nylander? last year with Nylander. So maybe you go I think, he, I like yeah. that. That's no, a good okay. idea. Yeah. But so the I problem is that jumble, that, that jumble most likely takes Spets out of the lineup because then you go Nylander, Kerfoot, Kasha, for example, or Nylander, Kerfoot, Nice. I think Nylander, Kerfoot, Spets even. I think, yeah, I think that's as like an no, all Matthew Nice. And mm-hmm. then Kasha plays second line left wing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then no knives, and then you have Engvall, Kampf, Blackwell. Yeah. No, and then Blackwell, knives interchangeable, I would say. All right. I like that. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 All right. What's yours? You... Yeah, no, I'm just playing around with it on Kaplan. There's there's a lot of good options, but maybe, yeah, I wonder if Spezza staying in is the the right thing. I don't know. He was effective in the playoffs for me, Like he's and he's been Last effective year, this yeah. year. And they like, like to put him out when there's it's six on five. Yeah, yeah. So I I can't see him 
coming. I mean, he brings something. It's just I think you got to rest him a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Right. So it's yeah, that's it's this, a conundrum. The holy smokes. This lineup is not set. You still got a lot of guys coming back, mm-hmm. and you got a lot of guys in this lineup right now. So that's something to keep an eye on. So maybe talk about that instead of uh, ragging on William Nylander after every win. Hmm. Hmm. Anywho, um, anything else you no, had here? Nothing. Nothing really. Wow. All right. So yeah. sum up the forwards there. A uh, little bit different lines that we saw. Don't really like the third line's utilization right now with Nylander there. Um, and there's a lot of guys that are out, and there's possibly a lot of guys coming in right now, and the forward mix is not set. What we got right now will not be what you see in playoffs. And the only constants that we have is that first line. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. Right? So uh, that's all I got for this week. Anything yep. you got? Nope. Nope. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please rate the show on iTunes and Spotify. Go, let's go. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sportsbooks. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up.